Hello, and welcome back to another Fat Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, on today's uh, special interview edition of the podcast, we are going to interview two expert ladies out in California who actually helped sue the state and federal government over the mass mandates and bodily autonomy. Um, These are two health and wellness experts and for two years were involved in, you know, legal battles against the authorities that were trying to take away their parental choice and parental rights over their own kids. I thought I would uh, just listen and learn from people that were have been in the trenches fighting for your rights. And uh, we do get into a little bit about the COVID and, and uh, true science, what is science, what is not. You know, I guess if the top researchers, you know, say this is science, then you can ignore it um, if you're a politician or if the majority thinks so. And I'm glad there's people out there like these two ladies that really, really are uh, speaking out because we don't have groups like this in Minnesota. We don't have groups, places we can go where we can get help when we think something's wrong. It's not about questioning authority. It's not about trying to make things unsafe and fly wildly into the breach. It's about being informed and studying and doing the right thing for your kid. Because most of the time, politicians and bureaucrats take the easy path, not the correct one. And the correct one usually isn't easy. It usually involves a little bit of work. So without further ado, here we go. Well, we have a special treat today on the FACT Podcast. Um, We're going to have some experts come on that are going to talk about mass mandates, vaccine, um, bodily autonomy, parental choice in your school district and medical freedom. And, you know, these people are right in the fight of trying to keep your rights, your rights to your own body and to your children's and your family's medical choices and bodies right here in America. They've actually done some lawsuits. So Aaron, we have you. We're waiting for Teresa to come on. We'll just include her when she comes on. But why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Erin DiMaggio. I live in Palos Verdes in California, Los Angeles. Uh, We've been under uh, Governor Newsom's dictatorship now for three years. And we've been actively fighting against a lot of the uh, COVID mandates. I personally, I have three kids. I have a 17-year-old, I have a 14-year-old, and I have a 10-year-old. And I am uh, uh, worked for, gosh, like 25 years in the personal health and fitness industry as a personal trainer, a yoga teacher. I've led women's uh, wellness workshops, retreats, and groups. Um, I have a bachelor's in kinesiology, a master's in spiritual psychology. I have four different yoga certifications, certified nonviolent parent educator, and a certified health coach. Um, During COVID, I was told I had to listen to the experts and that I could not make any of my own decisions. And I was also told that by friends and family and everybody else that suddenly I'm not the expert in health 
or in, in, in parenting. And so I've been fired up ever since uh, the, the shutdown happened because it felt uh, morally, ethically, and scientifically wrong. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I felt the same thing. In fact, it, uh, I had people in my own family, and I apologize if you're listening, I won't call you out, but you know, basically tell me I didn't know what I was talking about. And I'm like, I have a background in cell biology at University of Maryland. I mean, I spent time on a scanning EM microscope and I've looked at coronaviruses. My first textbook on the coronavirus is dated 1987. I, I have a PDF on my laptop here. It's like, this was something I was going to get into. And then I decided to go be a chiropractor. And But I've been in healthcare, studying the human body and following this for now 35 years. You know, so it's like, how am I not the expert? And let's look what we have in the past history with these other ones. And it just didn't sound right to me. None of it sounded right. I, When they said it was, you know, it wasn't from a lab, you know, it came from a pangolin, you know, a spiny anteater. I have a pangolin shirt. I have little baby pangolin caricatures made out of crystal and rock I have at home. Just to remind people how ridiculous it is. How can a long-nosed, spiny, uh, scaly, spiny anteater from Vietnam with its nose down in the ground most of the time spread a new virus? It, it just didn't make sense. And I said, okay, I've never heard of this. Let's investigate it more. And I think I put a podcast out in January 2020 just talking about it before anything even hit, before people were really worried about it. So, you know, to me, it, it made no sense. We know masks you know, don't stop viruses. You can't. Um, distance, social distancing doesn't work. Um, viruses are like dust in the air and they're tinier, of course, but they're everywhere. Oh, here comes Teresa. We'll do a quick little introduction to her since I'm introducing myself. So that was that was one of the reasons I, you know, I just said, no, no more. I want to get involved with this. Hi, Teresa. Hi, I am so sorry. I thought we were starting at noon. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. I apologize. Well, you know what? We just, Erin introduced herself. I just introduced myself a little bit. Why don't you give your name, where you live, your family. I talked about my family and why you got interested in this. Okay. um, Well, my name is Teresa Hessler-Sauter and um, I am maybe some of your listeners know I was a, um, uh, a uh, fitness competitor. I competed on the pro circuit from 1995 to 1999. Um, I now reside in Los Angeles, California with my husband and two young daughters, um, ages seven and 10. Um, You're having fun now. Oh yes. I I swear. I I'm 54, but I feel like I'm 20 again. I'm doing stuff that I never thought, I don't know. I, I never thought I'd be having this much fun as a mom. <laughs> um, seriously. I'm like coaching uh, the kids teams, basketball, um, volleyball, volleyball is definitely a sport that I love. Um, we have so, a volleyball player too. Yeah. We have one. Oh, do you really? Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm having a blast. Okay. Awesome. How did you get involved? In it? Was it, was there a situation Aaron was saying about, you know, the all of a sudden, you know, she wasn't an expert in parenting and the mandates. Listen to the experts. That's why I got mad, because 
in undergrad, I studied coronaviruses a bit. And I'm okay. like, this is dumb. It, this is not how they work. Was there anything that sparked you and said, no, this isn't right? Yes. So my experience went back prior to the pandemic. I, my daughter in 2014, she was almost two years old. She reacted to the DTaP vaccine. Ooh, okay. I was doing one shot at a time, not one vaccine because there's so many combinations, one shot at a time. And we would have to go in more often than, you know, the normal, you know, when they would do, you know, maybe five or six shots at a time. And she reacted at that point. I didn't even realize um, I didn't connect it to the vaccine. Neither did the doctor. Mm. It took her approximately six months to recover. We waited until my month nine. We vaccinated her again, not realizing that the reaction was caused by the DTAP. We did it again. She reacted this time even worse. And then that's when I put two and two together. So at that point, that was when California was passing vaccine mandates, getting rid of personal belief exemptions. So that's when I became involved with the whole vaccine mandates. Um, I fought the legislation um, for SB um, 277. And then in 2018, they passed additional legislation to take away our medical exemptions. Wow. So now anybody who had a personal belief exemption, you now had to go to your doctor and get a medical exemption. Now they took those away. Oh, wow. So California has zero exemptions. Even medical exemptions, doctors are afraid to write them. Mm -hmm. They're going after these doctors that write them. Yeah. So it's, that was my eye opener. Then when this pandemic hit, I was like, this is a way for more mandatory vaccines. That That was my impression. That was my impression too, because, you know, they, they tried to do a SARS one vaccine. It wasn't good. They tried to do something with MERS and, you know, they just killed a lot of gerbils and, and uh, test animals and it just didn't work well. And then of course the virus burnt itself out, which a very virulent virus will do. What blew my mind is like, we've never done well with coronaviruses. You know, there's all kinds of coronaviruses in, in say the, in, veterinary um, medicine, you know, they have things. It just right. doesn't work. Um, there's a childhood disease, fifth disease, it's caused by a coronavirus. They don't have a vaccine for that. And the kids just go through that, you know, causes right. a rash and fever, you know, and I think one of my kids had it. I mean, I got so many kids, so <laughs> somebody had to have it. But um, yeah, my, uh, um, I was explaining how I'm a blended family. I, I brought three kids in. My wife brought three kids in and three steps. Oh, wow. Consider us parents okay Um, but chloe and callie did not get the routine vaccines because we still have conscious conscientious objections so you just say nope philosophical you could do religious here um it's really hard to get medical because they go after those those uh, guys and gals real quick with their licenses i mean the ag go after them their state licensing boards go after them um so that's that's really tough so it's hard to get that but we still have that exemption. I still, you know, with the last time I had to fill it out because our youngest is 17 senior in high school last time, you know, and most states do. Okay. Most 
Most states have exemptions. There's only a couple. Mississippi just won their religious exemptions back. Good. Good. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's just what, what defies me. And then we'll get into some detailed questions. I, I definitely want to get your knowledge and expertise, but like my, my wife's a midwife and mm-hmm. she works with the Amish. They're okay. not vaccinated. No, no COVID. No. And like, if they get whooping cough, it's bronchitis. It lasts a day or two. Then they're back in the fields at age seven, working the fields. I mean, it's just, you know, measles. Oh yeah. They got a lot of red dots. Keep them hydrated. Don't blow out their kidneys and they'll be fine. It's amazing seeing these childhood diseases go through and it's not wiping out the Amish. There's no, no pandemic around the Amish, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So, all right. So why I'll, I'll let one of you pick who wants to go. Tell me about the status in California school districts. Is it all the same? Is there some independence at all? As far as um, routine vaccinations, let's start there. Okay. Routine vaccines. Yes. You have to be vaccinated or wow. you do not public, private. Wow. It doesn't matter. So not even private schools, not even private schools. You have to be vaccinated. That is the law in California now. Wow. You, the only way you can skirt that is if you homeschool. Okay. Or you go to a program. They're usually two or three day a week programs that are considered academies and they're, they're homeschool academies. So okay. you maybe have two days in person and or three days in person and the rest of the time you're at home. But you, you are not allowed to enter school without. We we're fortunate because I had a great pediatrician who saw what would happen to my daughter and both of my children are in school with medical exemptions. Okay. But don't exist anymore in California. That don't exempt. I was grandfathered in. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I understand. Okay. That's horrible. That's draconian. Cause there are people that have like your daughter bang, have a reaction where were they supposed to keep going, getting shots until, you know, they end yeah. up with some type of neurological condition. Absolutely. It's like having a peanut allergy. I mean, are you going to force a child to eat peanuts who have a pe- who has a peanut allergy? I mean, I understand people would be like, well, you can't really compare the two because now you're in school and you could spread a disease. And I mean, that's that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down, which I don't care to. Um, people have their beliefs of what these diseases are. Um, it's really difficult to change that mindset, it, but it, like it, you were saying about the Amish, yeah, you know, I, I found in, in one of you speak up and slow me down if you, you need to, but I found that it's almost like a philosophical religious belief in an outdated model of biology, meaning that like, so if I get a virus, my own immune system is going to attack and chop it up, make pictures of it, make some antibodies but I'm actually going to change that virus a little bit. So if I slough off that virus, I'm actually going to slough off a weaker virus because I have a strong immune system. If we weaken people's immune systems, they start sloughing off these hybrids that are stronger, mm-hmm. which that's, that's biology 101. If I went to the university of Minnesota today, that's what they would test me on. I would right. have to write that down to get it correct. But in in the public's eye, it's not the way it is. Oh, you could get my kids sick. Oh, your kids aren't vaccinated. Yeah, they're all five foot top, 
10, muscular, blonde, gorgeous, and captains of their athletic team. And they got straight A's. In right. fact, I, I, you know, my last kid just graduated with a 4.18, you know. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Sorry, That's awesome. Okay without your vaccines. But what I'm trying to figure out is where is the disconnect between the real science that we know how the immune system works with viruses and what's being explained on Channel 5, you know? Well, that's that's the problem right there, the media and the doctors and the medical model. And, you know, if I mean, let's just take Robert F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Maybe you love him. Maybe you hate him. I don't know. But he he has a great debate about vaccines. He has sat down with the medical community to debate them. He's a he's not a doctor. He's an attorney. Mm -hmm. They are terrified to sit down and speak with them, with him, debate him. They have canceled on him so many times at the last minute. And then they'll use the excuse is, well, we're not going to sit down with a crackpot and and argue this point of whether vaccines are safe. And he has the safety data. They're not. They have not been safety tested. No, they are not safe. No. Um, And there's a lot of doctors out there saying the same thing, but nobody you're not going to get that on mainstream media because mainstream media is all bought and paid for by big pharma, mm. all the advertising. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hop in. Yeah, um, please do. Itching. So the health and wellness industry is estimated to be worth $4.3 trillion. It's anticipated growth by 2025 is $7 trillion. The vaccine industry is worth $124.2 billion, right? So there is a lot of money involved in, you know, healthcare, which isn't healthcare. It's, it's a white collar drug, um, drug dealers is what we're dealing with. And the whole entire premise of vaccines is based on germ theory from the 19th century right we're talking about the 19th but if you look up terrain theory what you're going to find on wikipedia they're going to they're going to call it a quack theory right so terrain theory is based on the concept that we get sick when our body is not healthy covid was the perfect example of of you have the people that primarily were dying and ending up in the hospital, what was going on? Their terrain was damaged. They had, they were obese. The majority had four pre-existing conditions, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and other chronic lifestyle conditions, right? So that's who was getting sick, people whose terrain was diseased. So if, if we really break it down and the American public catches on that you don't get you know, sick because your next door neighbor was coughing, you get sick because your internal system is diseased and needs attention. Well, if the truth really comes out, we're we're talking about this vaccine industry being destroyed. They can't let the truth come out. They can't let the American public know that, hey, you're actually in charge of your health. Everything you do, everything you think, everything you eat, you know, everybody you're around influences whether or not you're going to get sick because of how your internal system interprets what's going on, right? 
So they don't want us to have any power. They don't want us to have any control. They want us to live in constant fear of germs. Well said, Aaron. Well Very said. Well said. Uh, you know, I'll I'll call out one of my kids, love her to death, and we're going to a soccer game. Her girlfriend is uh, the goalie right now. So it's like we're going to go and, and uh, go watch that tonight. But I remember her coming home from school and just kind of confronted me gently and saying, I don't think you're taking this pandemic serious. And I would about fell over. I go, hon, I study an hour or two every day. Let's go to the clinic and work an hour or two every day on this to make sure that I'm taking care of my family. I jump in front of a bus for you. You know, if there was a magic potion or lotion that protected you from a disease that could kill you, I'd be the first one in line. I'd be knocking over little old ladies to get to it. You know, I love life. Why, why would you think I don't love life? You know, so if my whole life as a power lifters, I'd take anything to get stronger, be faster, whatever, bigger. Well, guess what? No vaccine can help you do that. No vaccine. It's your environment, your exercise, how you eat. And if you do have a weakness somewhere, genetic, you know, some people are predisposed to diabetes or cancer. Well, make sure you clear that up. If everyone in your family died of heart disease, don't smoke. Don't go to McDonald's. You know, you got a weak link. Don't don't keep sawing away at the weak link. So what I really found is just and my kids go to public school. They went to the big city school and uh, how they were indoctrinated <laughs> at school that you got to wear a mask. And, you know, th this is terrible. And, and make sure your parents take you in. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> And how many times did they discuss anything health related? I've never heard on the media, you know, make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're exercising and getting enough vitamin D. And we never heard any of that. No, not at all. In fact, I made sure that every one of my patients, it's like, don't come back until you get some vitamin D. You get some zinc. You get some things that build your immune system. You know what? I know you like to have that Diet Coke once in a while or that Big Mac. Skip it this year. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing you can do during a pandemic is weaken the immune system. You right. know, so do things that build your immune system. You know, instead of heading to the bar because it's open and you want to socialize, don't do that. Instead of going to the liquor store, don't do that. Go for a walk in a park. I had my kids out during that spring and summer. We just went for the park and we went to go swimming. It was hot. We took down beach clothes signs. You know, the cops would come visit us, but we would go out in the water and swim. It's like, we need the sunshine. We need. Absolutely. Sunshine. We're in Minnesota. We only get sunshine for four months a year. You right. know, we're all low in vitamin D here. No wonder the numbers were so high. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that it just, you know, what one question I had is, you know, what do you ladies think? Is it cognitive dissonance? Is it just refusal for really smart people? And we're not talking about the media or the farm because we know they're in bed with each other. Okay. But neighbors, I'm sure you had family members or friends, coworkers that, that said you were doing the wrong thing. My DMs were blown away. Um, I gave a talk on COVID at the, uh, the university. Oh, I want to say a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, and it was amazing. 
50% of the comments afterwards is like, that was the greatest thing ever. Thank you for the information. And the other were, he's evil. He's Satan. Get him off. You, the university should never have him back. It was like 50-50. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, who was speaking? These people must have saw someone else. Are you seeing, I mean, what is the answer for why people won't listen to rational reason? Go for it. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Teresa and I are looking at each other through the Zoom trying to figure out who to go. <laughs> so, okay. So it, what I think is fascinating now is, um, so for the past three years, yeah. we've been getting people together. So we, we, when we filed our lawsuit, another part that was so essential to us was empowering moms and dads and other people to know that they weren't alone because from the very beginning the media portrayed those who were defying the lockdowns as super spreaders as crazy conspiracy theorists they had an all-out character assassination on us right and right. so what i have found is you know and i'm i'm an independent voter i'm like right in the middle um but the the everything was politically motivated so if somebody watched CNN and was the Democrat, they were like, wear the mask, get vaccinated, stay home, save lives. <laughs> the people watching Fox News that were like uh, Republicans or, you know, diehard right, they were completely the opposite. So it's still true to this day that I'm finding so much of people's political party and who they socialize with affect their their views and so the way i see it is like it's kind of like a christian trying to argue with an atheist like there's just such a polarization in we're arguing about belief system right we're arguing about what people believe is true and accurate and um let's repeat the question again because now i'm going off on a tangent well no you're not going on a tangent you you were pointing out you know why can't we get through to those people with science? Because the study's out, the Cochrane study's okay. out. We have all the research, all the numbers from all the hospitals. You know, the mass did not slow down the spread. We can show that, you know, the vaccines don't work. You got to get how many shots now? Are we up to six, seven? I'm 56. I think I got to have five if I start it now to get the boosters. I mean, five shots for something that's a ramped up cold. Um, why can't, they see it. That's the thing. And, and so it actually it. is social contagion, right? Oh, it is a yeah. social contagion and the spreading of memories and the alteration of people's perception. Right. And then you have on top of that ego. Okay. And so if people haven't done, and you're talking like PhDs, yeah. they cannot admit that they were wrong. Because then they're going to have to go over everything in their life and challenge every pre-existing belief system that they had prior to the pandemic. So it's Pandora's box. Yeah. They're not. They're not willing to question. Gosh, I like a, for a doctor, a doctor who's based their whole practice on germ theory, a doctor who's vaccinated how many kids in their lifetime. What's going to happen to them? What kind of crisis of consciousness are they going to have if they say, think, oh my gosh, maybe those conspiracy theorists were actually right? Oh, What's going to happen? That, you're right. That, that is, we're, we're talking basically breaking up their religion is what we're trying to say. And that's, yeah. that was the hardest thing 
for me to get through. It's like, you know, I would, in my office, I would have papers. I would print the papers, you know, straight from off PubMed. I'd get the, get the research article and say, hey, look at this one. Look at this one. Look at this one. And they would take it home and read it and like, well, that can't be good. I'm like, it's peer reviewed. This is in the literature. They're not hiding the truth from you. You just have to look for it. It's right there. And it was like, you know, because I treat a lot of other doctors, medical doctors, dentists, chiros, and some of them just would not see it. They would not read it. And I'm like, wow. I mean, wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't you want to care? I, that's the thing that got me blown away. Um, we okay. were not as strong as you two and your group to try to school sue the school district. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? And, you know, I, I know you talked about Aaron before Teresa got on and we've recorded, but I'd like to hear your experiences. How, what was that like going to court for this? Well, okay. So let me back up a little bit okay. with uh, the masks. The ma Okay. And this was in our federal lawsuit. So we filed two laws, actually. Oh, wow. Let's see. We filed as a collective six lawsuits, but I'll back up to the five federal lawsuits that we filed as a group um, against the mass mandate. Okay. We had an expert witness and what people don't realize is the true expert in masking are industrial hygienists. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're the ones who train doctors fit doctors with their masks and supervise masking. A, we do not mask people even in the hospitals willy-nilly. They have, they have guidelines on how long they can wear that mask. Um, and masks were never, ever, ever meant for a child to wear on their face. Mm. So I think you know, you'll be, when I go into like last week, I went to an urgent care. My, my child may have had strep throat and they were trying to force her to wear a mask. And I said, no, um, you know, respectfully, doctor, you know, the industrial hygienists are the experts here. And, you know, they say that children should never be wearing masks. I don't know how that information got lost in the system. Um, but it did. So we did file five federal lawsuits at first. Um, we had several people and there was a strategy to this. It's, it's, it might not make sense at first. Um, we had maybe four, three or four people on each lawsuit. So we, and it was expensive because once when you file, it's $500 per lawsuit to file in the federal court system. Then there's, documents that you have to yeah that you have to copy so we had like probably twenty five hundred dollars in um copying fees we filed these every single judge came back to us we had five different federal court judges who said parents when you're when you are you can go into a a local court or a district court or file on the state level and represent your minor child. But in federal district court, they said you as a parent cannot represent your minor children. So, so you, we didn't hire an attorney. So we, we filed pro se. So right. we, none of us are attorneys. We don't have law degrees. Right. So um, you, 
uh, we typically you can represent yourself in in the court. You can choose not to have an attorney. So we were trying to represent our children to be their legal um, representation, and that's that's why they didn't let us represent them. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so they can and and if we followed on the state level we could represent okay. even as non-attorneys our children but in federal court you cannot so now that issue so far has been taken up with the te- um i think it's the 6th district in Texas okay they just said that that if, if you are a rep if you are a um if if you have children and you are the legal guardian of your children, you absolutely have the right to represent your child in federal district court. So now we're going district by district and hopefully getting that part of the law changed. Okay. So- and so the reason this is so important is because ordinary people can never win because it costs, you know, thousands and thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a lawyer. Right. And yeah. so so it's set up that way that most people won't go and fight this, right. even if they can, because it's too expensive. Yeah. And so we want parents to have the power to represent their kids without hiring a lawyer, if that's what they feel that they are um, have the mental capacity to do. OK, fantastic. So so where is that now? I know, Aaron, you mentioned that. It's a moot point over the masking, a judge said, because there is no mask mandate. And I see this bigger than whether they have to wear masks or not. I see it. Do I have the right as a parent to say no? You know, So these are two different cases. So we filed the federal case. And then when and then we um, uh, when we found out that we could not represent them uh, without an attorney, we dismissed that case with Teresa with with prejudice, mm-hmm. right? So that we could, if we wanted to, at any point amend it. So we dismissed it, and then we hired an attorney, oh. and then we then we filed a new separate lawsuit with the state of California, with the county of Los Angeles Department of Public Health, and against our school district. Wow! And so, so when I mentioned that the case was moot this was for the new lawsuit that we filed which was the state lawsuit and the judge it went back and forth two years so we spent our our attorney didn't bill us for every hour so we but we did end up spending thirty thousand dollars in the past two years going back and forth just litigation paper 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 trails um and then finally we thought it was going to go to trial and never actually went to trial because the county stretched it out so long that all of the laws and rules and mandates changed. And then the judge said that that because there's not currently a mandate, he cannot rule on something that doesn't exist. Um, and so the case was dismissed. So, so let's look at this as a bigger point. I think I was uh, kind of going, it's like, what gives the state or the school district the right to overstep parental authority. I mean, why do they want to do that? That makes no sense to me. So frustrating. I, I mean, everybody, I think they're just thinking 
we're following whatever the county tells us to do because we have to. Okay. And I, you know, I, I know there are a lot of us were like, once we say no as a collective, what are they going to do? No, I'm not going to mask my children and people are too afraid. I mean, look at it now. I mean, in our, I, I feel in our group, there's so many people that are afraid to stand up. They're afraid to talk. They, and I believe that has been, um, it, it was strategic. They did it strategically because anybody who spoke out, you were a crazy person. You're mm -hmm. a conspiracy theorist. Yes. So they silenced people that way. Yes. Um, so people now are afraid to speak up. They, I, I won't even tell you what I went through for the last three years. Just, just being a, a little chiropractor who also teaches a little continuing ed, trying to raise our five kids that we had home at that time. You know, and it's like just trying to do the next right thing. Our kids were all involved with sports. We were linked in. I mean, all the principals knew who we were in big schools, like the high school is 2000 here in our neighborhood. So it's not a small school. Right. And what blew my mind is like, why would you think a parent, a loving parent engaged, like we're at all the sports where, mm -hmm. you know, I sit there and doing those damn polynomials for helping the kids with math, all those things. Why would you think I would not care about their health? that I wouldn't research it and make the smartest decision I know how. And if right. I don't know the information, I sort, sort, sure as hell will find out. Before this hit in the uh, fall of uh, 2019, I called a friend of mine um, that I went to undergrad with at uh, University of Maryland and called him in Baltimore. He's a virologist. And I said, all right, give me the steel, spiel. And he already told me, he said, we've been pulling spikes off these coronaviruses for a decade now. They're easy to manipulate. You know, Clinton changed the rules. So now we got to, we got to, we got to farm it out to China, but we're, we're always making these things in the lab. And I go, are they dangerous? And he goes, well, it, if one gets all the way over here, it won't be that dangerous. Just the sick people, just like any flu or uh, cold. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. But what blew my mind is they took this thing and just blew it out of proportion. And I'm like, for me, it was like, okay, the average parent needs to take a break. And I hate to say it, do the work, do the research, open up a biology textbook. Because if you don't believe me, it's right here. Go look at it. And uh, I couldn't get them to do it. I mean, they'd rather sit on the couch and watch Netflix and mm -hmm. say I was a bad guy. I just couldn't figure that out. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to go back. Like the priming started 2016 when Trump was elected. Okay. And 2017 was the Women's March. Yep. And they, um, Trump was demonized as this anti-science politician, right? So part of that Women's March also included trust the science, oh, right? So okay. 2017, Trust the science was the tagline. Oh, wow. And then as soon as 2020 hit, the pandemic hit, if you didn't trust the science, you're mega, you're a Trump supporter, you're a white supremacist, you're racist. Like, like there was all of this pre-programming and anybody on the right was the bad guys. We were that you were Hitler if you were on the right, right? That that was that was the programming in place. It was already there. 
I was we, called a, I was called a Trumper and I'm a card carrying libertarian. I vote <laughs> I vote for who, who I always vote the lesser of two evils, you know. I like Sometimes I got Jordan. three to pick from. In Minnesota, I don't think my vote my votes counted once in the area on different people. And you know, I know my mayor. My mayor played volleyball with my kid. Um mayor's uh daughter dated a good neighbor that my kids grew up. I've been in this neighborhood for like 12, 13 years now. So what, or no, 15 years, 15 years now. So what, what blows my mind is that our neighbor across the street, they're two medical doctors. They put that trust the science sign up. And I'm like, come on, you guys went to school. You, you took, you got the same textbooks I did. Did you throw them away? And then you go find out that they have to get their yearly flu shots. You know, if they want to work in that hospital. And they will tell you that the flu shot doesn't always work because you get the wrong batch. And I'm like, then, so you're taking something that you know is not going to work? Why are you rolling the dice all the time? You you pull people off of drugs if the drug's not working, you know, or if they're getting side effects, you wouldn't say, hey, go take that opioid. It'll be fine. You know, it, it just it just blows my mind that it became a religion. It just became a religion. That's right. What? Trust, yeah, trust the science. Put your faith in a vaccine. Oh. And, you know, there was, politi- I forget, one of the politicians, she actually had, like, a, a vaccine vial that she had put, like, on her cross, right? And, and you're like, wow. And, and to me, because I'm, I'm spiritual, and I'm like, the breath is holy. Like, the breath, we know, we know scientifically the breath's healing. We know scientifically that if you're not breathing, you're dying. Yes. Right? And to top that off, that the breath is from God, that that when we breathe, we are connecting with divine essence and divine spirit. And so that to me, I'm like, this is a holy war. This is a spiritual war. We we are we are in a battle for our souls, the souls, our souls, the souls of our country. And, And to be told that we should be living in fear of our next door neighbors because they might, afraid they of might the air be, around you. Yeah. Yes. I, I, so I, cause I was training during like during the height of the pandemic, I was training to climb Kilimanjaro okay. in Tanzania. And, um, my so wife's going to do that too. She's going to Tanzania in a month. Oh her, my gosh. Her okay. brother-in-law is Tanzanian. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but so I, uh, we had an outdoor mask mandate. You okay. had to wear mask outdoors i never would wear a mask outdoor and i would do this long um trail like a like 15 mile run and i did an experiment where i was like i'm just gonna smile at everyone and see what happens so all these people are masked and i'd like smile and wave people would jump like literally jump like <laughs> and and i and then i counted so i i had like a 200 people i passed i got four people to give me a high five so this was on New Year's Day. New Year's Day, I'm running. And I'm like, and um, I got four people that were willing to like smile and give me a high five. One guy screamed at me. Um, he's like, you're going to get everybody sick, you super spreader. And I had literally just gotten my COVID test because I had a fly. So like, I'm like, I, I knew I wasn't contagious for sure because you couldn't fly on a fly unless you had the, the test. And I said to him, I was like, well, I just got tested. I'm not sick. And then he yelled at me again. You don't know. You could have it. 
<laughs> but I was like, so I did it more as this, you know, like, like an ops, I, like of a witness consciousness from this observational space of like, um, I wasn't affected by how people were treating me because I was like, this is so, I was watching from a different space of observation. I wanted to see how people would respond. And, and it was just, it was crazy. Like everybody was literally crazy. Yeah. yeah they, they, they were so deranged over some of this. It, it, it blows my mind. Like, uh, Lily was in band. I think all my kids have done band, but not in the high school. But Lily was at a band concert when they were allowed to go back to school. Kid you not, they cut a hole in the mask, and then they put the horn there, the cl clarinet. I, and, I, and I'm in the front row. You had to wear a mask to get in. Then I put it down. And I, I started laughing. I said, my wife's going to kill me because I'm laughing so hard because there's a thousand of us parents and teachers watching this. Yeah, this is great. Clapping. All these sound so good. All these masks and there are holes in the masks. And I, it's like, oh, I, how did we get to this point? <laughs> yeah, they're literally spitting in their masks. I'm like, that's how you, that's how you get bacterial infections. Yes. Right. Warm moisture around the mats. Congratulations. Now you're giving these kids all of these bacterial infections, which is far more deadly than a virus. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So so you guys have been involved in this. Where do you think it's going as we kind of close things up here? Where do you think it's going in California, federally? What do you think is going to happen? Put on your prediction hats. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. That's a tough one. I mean, I am an optimist. Yeah. I think eventually, and I don't know when, I always say it's going to get worse before it gets better. I still think that things are going to happen that we're not going to be happy about, but I think we'll look back and things will get better, much better for all of America and for all of the world. It's just going to take time. But I feel that in my gut. I feel like we've got to go through a lot more. But at the end, it's going to be beautiful for us. Okay. That's like what my gut has been telling me all along. Okay. And I'm not, I'll never waver from that. Wonderful. How about you, Aaron? Well, I love Teresa's optimism. <laughs> Um, I love it. Um, I don't feel quite as optimistic in that sense. I feel like um, we are always forever going to be in a battle of good and evil. I think that is just the way that the, the world, as long as we're alive, there's always a battle of consciousness. Um, so I see this as an opportunity for each individual person to empower themselves to become truly independent and part of that independence is health independence and we have you know half the population that is obese and on the prescription medication and they are dependent on um, drugs for their survival and so i just see that there's this really like like we kind of, we, as a, as a, the medical team, the health teams, all of this, they missed this opportunity in 2020. Like yes. we should 
had a health revolution. We should we should have been like like mandate spinach, you know, mandate exercise. Like there should have been the kids should have been all outside playing at the parks. Like we went the complete opposite direction. And so what's happened now is people are sicker than they've ever been. Like America is the sickest it's ever been. And so I think we're going to see a huge number, you know, a, a, the, the death toll is just starting, right? The, the, all of these people that had three years of these horrible patterns of behavior, they're going to die. They're going to die. We're going to see numbers that are, are like the numbers that were predicted for COVID. We're going to see that for heart disease, for cancer, for everything else. And so us on the side of like health freedom is just this opportunity to really empower people. Like, look, like you have the power inside of you to take care of yourself. Like you have to get off of the system. The, the, The system is making you believe that you are sick and powerless. And so, so I, I see that opportunity happening. I also see within the moms that I know, like working with women all my life as a, as a, as a coach and health coach is that, um, we have this opportunity to empower moms to be like, no, like just sit, just say, no, I'm not going to follow doctor's orders. No, I'm not going to listen to this expert because I'm the expert. Like moms especially need to be so empowered within themselves to know that they are the true expert in their child's life. And so like we have all of those opportunities to really empower people. And then also at the local level, most people have no idea who's on the school board. And the school board has tremendous power mm. and influence. Mm-hmm. And the only one to stop them from, you know, being dictators is us, the people. And so more and more people need to empower themselves and they need to go to school board meetings. They need to speak up. They need to run for local positions and that they need to know who and what they're voting for. Um, so, so I guess, you know, I do agree with Teresa in a lot of ways that there are good things happening. I, I still think there's going to be a lot of devastation that that um, sure. it's people aren't ready for, and it's um, it's going to be hard. I think there's winter is coming. <laughs> nice Game of Thrones quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle too. I still think there's going to be individuals like us. Um, still standing when the dust settles. And we're going to be sad saying, I told you, I, pr- I begged you to, to take some zinc, to, you know, go for a walk, you know, to change your diet, take the mask off, you know, get, get some exercise. And you didn't do it. And we're, we are going to see some repercussions. I'm just looking forward to the narrative changing again, that, you know, oh, yeah, now RSV is worse than it ever was before, or the flu. It's like, no, we're weaker. For three <laughs> years, we've weakened our immune system through this social experiment that we gave into, and now we're biologically weaker. And it's going to take decades to recover from this. Not three years, it's going to take decades, you know, because that's how the immune system works. We have babies being born right now that don't have the impressions of the environment that would have been four years ago. And so they're going to have a weaker immune system. So, well, thanks for coming on. Oh my goodness. There's so much there. If uh, a parent, a mom wants to get some more information about your group or empower themselves, do you ladies have any resources you want to recommend? 
Yeah, so I have a website, savepvschools.com. Um, I'm updating that all the time. I'm um, And also Instagram is savepvschools. Um, and then I personally have a business, Born Wonderful. So it's bornwonderful.com. And so I'm just, after three years, of, I didn't do any stuff related to my business during the lockdown. I was honestly afraid of getting sued for exhaling. So... <laughs> <laughs> and my, my work is, you know, a lot of close contact, a lot of touchy, touchy feely stuff. And so yeah, um, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to take the risk and, and operate. And I also didn't want to follow any of the mandates. So for three years, I wasn't hosting any events. So I just now have started to host events again, feeling like um, tides are changing, feel like it's safer. Um, and I'm only allowing people to come to my events that are comfortable being close to each other. So if, if they're not comfortable with germs and stuff, they can't come. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you two for coming on. Thank you, Fred. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It's good seeing you, Teresa. I think last good time I saw you, you up here, you were competing as a pro in one of my bodybuilding shows. Yes, yes. Nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. When was that? That was probably, 99 was probably... That was my last year, 98 and 99. Oh, wow. I, I stopped competing at the beginning of 99. So maybe it was 98. Okay, maybe it was 98. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm still helping promote in the background. I'm still okay. trying to lift, though. I probably need my knees redone. And, you know, I just, just follow my wife. She's a pro power lifter and a bodybuilder. Oh. And I just like, oh, well, I'll just carry your water bottle and try to keep <laughs> the kids all in line. So, well, thanks again. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you.